What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. So how was the offer? Was it good? Yeah, it's great. Ari's looking it over right now. All right. Well, things are happening. No kidding. Check out this BBM I got today. I've tried you several times at the office. I would love it if you could see yourself giving me five minutes of your time. Technology's amazing. It's amazing is that somebody gave this clown my BBM address. Hey, suit! Long time! And we're back. Welcome back, baby bros, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. My deepest apologies for the pause last week. This time it wasn't my fault. I wasn't at an NBA playoff game. I wasn't at Coachella. I wasn't sick. I wasn't out of town. No, the podcast was hacked last week. For the first time in this pod's four or five year run, somebody was able to crack my impenetrable email and password login into the Spotify for Podcasters portal. They changed every single track name, the album art, the episode descriptions. They put a new podcast name they took some of the little bit of money that i earn in there out of there it was a complete and total clusterfuck i had to go back and manually rename almost everything so from last sunday night when a few loyal listeners reached out and let me know that there's something wrong with the podcast thank you to those guys uh big shouts uh, i was basically sitting on my couch retyping the descriptions titles names and uploading all the links to all the old episodes so the feed should be good now you should be able to go back and listen to all of the old episodes of the show but uh that really got in the way of uh post-production time for this week's episode so once again my apologies won't happen again i've created a much stronger password and i will pay much closer attention in the future we've got ben cruz from the ringer back good friend of mine we have him on every season we usually have him on towards the end of every season but thought i'd have him on for this one it's a fun one we we're introduced to the world of twitter this is dot Tequila, porn stars, Twitter, pubic hair is a huge plot line. We go deep into it. We talk for over an hour and 20 minutes. It's a great conversation. And uh, for the next couple weeks, we should be back to readily scheduled programming. I know I keep saying that, but I have a bit of a uh, an issue with going week to week. And I explained that at the end of this week's episode with Ben and where my head is at with that. But we're going to finish this out. Eight episodes in season eight. Uh, five left. Four left, I think, for season seven. And then, of course, we'll have to do the movie when this is all said and done. So, again, appreciate you guys listening, reaching out, checking on me. Follow the podcast at Oh Yeah Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Tell your friends, enjoy the episode, and I'll talk to you guys next Monday. He's back. He's one of our favorite guests. He is a podcast manager at TheRinger.com and the co-host of Wednesday Worldwide on The Ringer Wrestling Show. He's dialing in from the Bay Area. He's one of my favorite human beings, Benjamin Cruz. Welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. JR, this is the highlight of my week. Uh, the <laughs> highlight of my every week is just is just waiting for your text or your call to say, "Hey, do you want to come on?" And as you know, you texted me a, literally a couple days ago, and you, you point three seconds later, you're like in. Right. You, there was you put in you know some language on there. If you're busy, it's all good. And just to show how how sad, how sad or happy of an individual I am, I said yes. <laughs> an immediate yes. 
we we always appreciate this is your third time on and i did not have you on for episode nine of the season which was our tradition up until i know point. i but, feel uh, weird <laughs> <laughs> feels weird to be in the mid mid-season point yeah dude but i always love chatting with you you are like an entourage i feel like you're a historian of the show you know it inside and out it's it's really nice that, that's very nice of you to say. I don't know if I'm as deep in the history as you. I think you 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 probably have me be. I think I'm up there. I think I can I can go with the best. But I think you're the best. And it, mine's I'm just, just reps. Up with you. Mine's just <laughs> reps though. You know, the, the guy goes to the gym, and you know, if you shoot if you shoot a hundred thousand three pointers, you're gonna your three three point percentage is gonna go up. That's just what happens. So sure, sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. When you watch each episode three to four times and take copious notes, you're just gonna know it better. But yeah. Uh, we're doing a we're doing a mid season seven episode episode six hair. Yeah. This episode this episode originally aired on August eighth, twenty ten. I have some issues with the name of this episode, which we'll get to. We'll we'll get to all of it, obviously. Yeah. But like every episode, Ben, I love to ask you, where were you in the summer of twenty ten? Where were you on this date? So yeah, August eighth, twenty ten. Four days before my twenty third birthday. Nice. I, I did I had to do some math, so. Uh, still using entourage as sort of like a a north star if you will for guiding my life and trying to become an actor uh which probably you know at 23 not the greatest thing i i was definitely still in college trying to figure all that stuff out but yeah it was right before my jordan birthday so i was definitely probably uh figuring out ways to live it up very entourage-esque uh even yeah. though this season's very we'll get into it kind we'll of get into it we'll yeah, get into it yeah yeah we're bummer. And we are on the precipice of it all. Like, let's 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 table it because I don't like yeah, to. Yeah. It's, that's what's been tough about this season, dude. Is like I don't want to be negative, but a lot of these episodes have these negative spins, Ooh. and yeah, it's it's a tough hang, as I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. So for our quick quick fat almanac, I'm going to talk about our Golden State Warriors, who sadly are no longer in the NBA oh, playoffs. Yeah. Probably a good thing, all things considered. I think for our, uh, our mental health and our mental yes. well-being, probably just good that they're out. That way we can just actually spend time with our families and <laughs> be normal human beings. Well, and this time last year, you and I ran into each other at the Western Conference Finals. That's when we first met in person. And right. that was like, it was the best four or five week stretch of our fandom in, in a long time. And yes. It's nice to be brought back down to reality a little bit. So uh there needs to be some changes go nuggets that's all i can say um exactly yep <laughs> here are some uh golden state warriors uh, on this date so just uh about a month earlier july 8th 2010 the golden state warriors made an off-season trade they sent ronnie turioff anthony randolph and kalena azabuti who's the current uh color guy for the warriors yep. to the new york Knicks in return for star high scoring power forward david lee all of this went down july 8th 2010 uh, on the day that LeBron James made his decision, his uh, yep. uh, taking my talents to South Beach. So Lee agreed to a six-year, $80 million deal, but it was contingent on the decision of what LeBron James did. Everyone was waiting was to domino. see what he did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. LeBron's the first domino, and then everyone else went around him. So I like I like that as a, as a point in time, because then a week afterwards, on July 15th, 2010, owner Chris Cohen sold the Warriors to Peter Guber yeah. of Mandalay in- Entertainment and his partner Joe Latham for a then-record $450 million. And that season, which we're, you know, we're like in the beginning of, let's say we're the summer before this season starts when this Entourage episode airs, the Warriors only won 36 games. They failed to make the playoffs. And before the trade deadline in February of 2011, the Warriors traded Brandon Wright and Dan Dadzerich for Troy Murphy in a 2012 second-round pick that was used on who, Ben? This is 2010. Uh, Second oh rounder. God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't, I, I'm totally ambushing you. 
2010 wait 2010 2011 2012 so th- so i'm so this season I, i'm super confused this season they made a trade at the deadline so six months after this entourage episode and they got yeah. a pick that they used oh. in 2012 sorry i was mixing up the years is this yep. draymond draymond green so yeah. this is all okay. like so so date so they sell the team d lee comes over and then halfway through this season they dip the rights to a pick that they use on draymond so things Number are 35 in motion. There Correct. it is. It's all yeah. Sorry, I, th- I was I was thinking of a 2011 pick. I was like, oh my yep. god, <laughs> my fault, dude. And uh, I mentioned that the the Warriors are sold for 450 million dollars in 2010. In 2022, a lead report listed the Warriors' overall value value at 7.6 billion dollars. They are second overall as the most valuable sports team in North America behind the Dallas Cowboys. So this is the beginning. This is like the seeds being set for like. What went on to be like the coolest ten-year run in in sports for me personally, and sure for you. And this is why, like, I refuse to feel bad about any of the Warriors' success over the last yeah. ten years because yeah. all the names of the players that you had just listed are examples of the bullshit that we had to hope <laughs> kind of came together, yes. right? You're like, oh, Roni Turioff, good, you know, he can hit a mid-range and he's a decent defender, and Anthony Randolph is he the next guy? Ended up, I think he's playing overseas still, so. With all the success, you know, the dynasty ending or however you want to kind of frame. And the hate. The People hate the Warriors. Ended. Yes. Right. But we had to earn that hate, right? The team had yes. to earn their way up to kind of the mountaintop of where the NBA. So, again, it's it's just always a good reminder. Yeah. To where re- we came from. Remember, this team was dog shit for, <laughs> for years. And for anyone who doesn't remember that, it's, it's very selective, selective memory. And uh, it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, that's why we're here. Dodge shit, but sold out every home game because the Bay Area oh, fan Oracle base was, was so pa- or Oracle. I mean, I so Incredible. I moved to the Bay like in 2013. So I went. I moved right at the perfect time, and my then girlfriend, now wife, took me to a couple games, and I went. This is special. This is an incredible place. Love the what vibes, a, man. What a yeah. vibe! And they'd lose by 30, but it didn't matter because everyone yeah. was just so hyped. It was and, a great uh, time out. Remember that? Yes, it was. <laughs> Those yes, things, yeah. All right, quick recap of this week's episode for those listeners who might not have had a chance to uh, rewatch the episode. Turtle shoots video of Vince and Sasha enjoying Avion Tequila poolside. Vince quotes, guys can fuck like me and girls can fuck like a porn star to the camera. Ari and Barbara Miller consult with a lawyer who thinks they should settle with Lizzie Grant. To preserve the NFL deal, Ari decides to make nice with Amanda Daniels and Lizzie himself. Ian Scott celebrate Vince's Airwalker offer, $12 million plus a back end. Dodging Billy Walsh's calls, E and Scott head to Ari's office to discuss the details and to gloat that the deal was made without him. Turtle confides to Vince and Drama that he failed to dazzle Alex the night before. Hesitating, he explains he was surprised by her personal grooming choices. E and Scott show up at Ari's and find him stewing. And because he's been distracted, it's the first time he's hearing about Airwalker. Amanda Daniels arrives to directly confront Ari. She refuses to back down. Not only did Lizzie keep a journal, she also has recordings of Ari. Turtle and Alex meet for an awkward lunch, and he beds for another shot. A clean-shaven Billy Walsh arrives at the mansion to ask E for help getting his career back on track. Scott tells E that the two of them are doing all the work for men like Murray and Ari, and he's tired of it. His tirade is interrupted by a call from Shauna. Vince keeps tweeting about tequila, and there are racy videos of him and Sasha online. Ari follows Lizzie to lunch, and she tells him since she wants to make her money legitimately, she has no plans to sue, but the tapes will be posted to Deadline Hollywood. 
E then shows up to talk to Vince about his tweets, and he's surprised to see Billy at the mansion. But Billy insists that he's ready for a fresh start. He even has an idea for drama. With that face and that voice, he might be better suited for animation. Last, Ari stops by the mansion to talk to Vince about the studio's concerns. He gets E's assurance that Vince isn't serious about Sasha, but they can't talk with him because he's passed out naked by the pool. <laughs> oh, what a doozy of a recap. A lot happens, man. A lot happens. Ben, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? You know, it was the uh, the return of Billy Walsh slash the debut of William Walsh, <laughs> the the Santa Fe ordained minister. Uh, just he he comes out with so many fastballs, just yeah. one liner after one liner. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm William Walsh. I'm an old friend of Vince's. I'm Sasha, a new friend of Vince's. Billy Walsh. Oh my God. Vince, how are you? been a while. I'll say, come here. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Hey, Sash, this is Billy Walsh, an amazing filmmaker. That's kind of you to say. That should look familiar, but different. I've been through a lot and back again. Can I come in? Of course, of course. Hey, Johnny, look who's here. <laughs> Jeez, Billy Walsh, like a mirage. How are you, drama? Peachy, Billy. I'm getting jerked off by the network because nobody can find an idea for me. You got one? Not off the top of my head, no. Superb. You seem angry, drama. I've always been, Billy, only now I'm drunk, too. I shot a movie with you. Yeah, uh, no, you know, uh, maybe this wasn't the best place for me to come. I have porn stars, alcohol, manic depressives. I've avoided all temptation for the last 24 months now. So what are you doing here, Billy? Well, I came to get back into the business I left behind. Vince is going to make another stinker with you, Billy, if that's what you're thinking. No, Vince isn't what I need at this point. So what do you need? E. Coupled with the Billy thing, BBM, which is a completely oh, dated yes. reference, right? Yes. Like Blackberry Messenger. <laughs> I, I meant to ask you this, yes. <laughs> when E is showing the video that Walsh sent him, the BBM video, <laughs> it's the video, video is so crisp. It, it's 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 crisp by 2010 standards. It's crisp for 2023 standards. Like if if I texted you a video right now, you know how downgraded the quality would be, and that shit looks so. It, it looks like it was shot in 4K. Just an incredible, incredible selling of of BlackBerry and and BBM and but Billy Walsh coming back. Yeah, so I Probably, think they might have had a BlackBerry yeah. partnership because they bring up BlackBerry as a brand name every episode. They're showing the Blackberries and very similar to like when you watch a show on Apple and everyone's got iPhones and iPhone, MacBooks yeah. and everything looks and sounds incredible on those products. I think yep. that's what's going on. Is you're right. That technology I didn't even realize you could send video messages over BM. Did you have I a did, BlackBerry? No, I was always uh I had flip phone, I had a sidekick, and then I went straight to iPhone. Did you? Were you were you team BlackBerry? I had a BlackBerry curve. Oh, and okay. when they said BBM in this episode, I it like brought me back because I remember BBMing with like a girl I was dating and it had read receipts, which I'd never heard of oh, before. No. <laughs> and I got in a little bit of trouble because like just some bullshit, like she's like I'm going to bed. Good night. And I like read it and didn't respond. Didn't respond. And then the next oh. morning, she's like, "What the fuck? I said good night. You didn't say good night. I just remember <laughs> that so distinctly." And being like, "What the fuck? My phone's telling on me right now." Anyways, outside of that, the return of William Walsh sorely needed in this season. Just a, a breath of fresh air. Yes, fits back in immediately. He's been gone for two and a half seasons. That so, you know, he disappears at the end of season four with the the Median uh, catastrophe. And it, he's done a lot. He's done a lot in what's probably the equivalent of two and a half years. 
Got four kids. Four kids. <laughs> He's an <ordained> minister. <laughs> Love it, man. It, he was. Oh man, I, Reese Coiro is a genius. Can we just? He really is. He's the. I love the when they write his dialogue. It just seems so fun because they add all these extra details to to his dialogue that is, in the grand scheme of things, so unnecessary. But it's what makes his delivery of these lines so freaking good. It's just he. he it's all these added details that you don't need. Yes, uh, and it's it's so funny. And he does this thing where he kind of throws away lines. He kind of says like an aside, like "Nah, it's still there." Like he'll just yeah, he'll, yeah. Do, he'll do that, and you're like, "Oh, what a perfect, beautiful." He's he's a great actor, and that's what yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. there aren't great actors on this show, and Reese is a great actor delivering some really fun lines. So yes, we'll talk a little bit more about Billy Walsh uh, as it continues. I'm gonna say my favorite moment is Scotty Lavin, who's been my favorite character this season, yeah. giving E the pump up speech in Murray's office. It's like. It feels like an entourage moment from like season three. It's, it yeah. seems like something that E would give to Vince. Lavin's like, you and me, let's run Vince and this company without Ari, without Murray. Let's stop being pushed around by guys like Murray, who is literally never here. And E's like, well, I wouldn't say literally never. And Lavin's like, you wouldn't say never? Murray! Hey, Murray! Yeah. He does this whole thing. It's, Calling it's ridiculous. Him. It's over the top. But it almost felt like it was rooted in this like... Real, like, I felt like honest Hollywood plot point. Like, the middlemen are trying to move up to upper management, and they're tired of being pushed around. And I like that. I like that as, like, a very grounded reality entourage moment in an episode that is about pubic hair, porn stars, Twitter, and tequila. Right. Yeah, it's I, I love Scott Lavin, man. Scott Kahn, in general. Scott Kahn, yeah, yeah. Scott Lavin, also, just, it was a great addition. You know, you yeah. kind of talked about the, the Billy Walsh Breath of Fresh Air thing, which is true. Lavin was also that, you know, it, it mm-hmm. was it was very different from I feel like the reaction that that Dom got when he he kind of got sprinkled in. I feel like Lavin was the complete opposite. And everyone just kind of bought in right away. And he's in for the rest of the show. I think he's he's mm-hmm. just one of the crew, and and it's and it's like it's seamless. At this point, you know, he starts as like ease foil for like four episodes, but at this point, he's he's one of the boys, and I love that. Yeah, he does the Vince cocaine though, which it starts the downfall. Yeah, <laughs> Vince needs to get rid of Ari. Oh, enough already. Being serious. I mean, the guy is barely even in the business anymore. I mean, wh- what do you think is going to happen when he's standing on an NFL sideline, spending all his time trying to bang cheerleaders? Look, Ari's got a big mouth, but he's done a lot by us, all right? And he's obviously got some serious stuff going on. So does Vince, and he needs someone who's going to be on the ball. What, are you telling me you can't handle an offer? You can't uh, make sure he's paid, make sure he has a nice trailer, what? Ari and Vince's attorneys handle the little details. Okay, we can take it to his attorney. We can handle the details, all right? If Ari's so stressed out, maybe he'd appreciate you taking the reins on this one. I mean, come on, aren't you tired of being a pushover? Who's a pushover? We both are. We handled this thing for Vince. We're basically the ones keeping this company afloat. So now you're back to Murray? Of course I'm back to Murray. We do all the work. I mean, the guy is literally never here. I wouldn't say never. You wouldn't say never? Murray! Hey, Murray! Anyone uh, seen Murray like, like, ever? Are you on drugs? No, I'm fucking angry, as you should be too. About what, Murray or Ari? About both of them. They are checking out, okay? We cannot, right? This is our future, all right? You saw how we handled this deal with Vince. You saw how we handled Ari. Right, we can run Vince and this company without either one of them. You do realize that I'm marrying Murray's goddaughter, right? Yes. The one who got me this job. Family before business. I get it. But you and Sloan are about to start your own family, so you need to start carving... Shauna's on the phone and she's freaking out. Who is it? She says that Vince tweeted that he started some tequila company and Turtle posted some racy videos about it. Awesome. Ben, what was your favorite bros being bros moment? So, I actually have... 
two, and one of them Zero. was the one actually you just, you just mentioned is it's it's Lavin broing out essentially with E, you know, saying that they could run their company, but also that they could run Vince, right? When yeah. they're kind of gloating about the the Airwalker offer that they basically put together, which is, yep. we'll kind of talk about the details in in a little bit, but that's insane for two <laughs> non agents to kind of pull yeah. that deal together. And obviously, it was you know serendipitous that Vince ran into uh, into Randall, and and that whole thing kind of happened. But still, mm-hmm. for for it to all come together without Ari is is incredible. And and just again, Lavin was E's enemy. He hated mm-hmm. E coming in, right? He admitted that uh, when they kind of made peace. So for them to kind of bro out and, and just say things like you know we could run this company, we could run Vince. That's a super broy thing to do, man. Totally. You know, just, yeah. Just think. And could they run Vince? Unclear, but they they <laughs> they they have something now under their under their belt that says that they can, and that that's freaking awesome. And then the other one, fairly juvenile, but uh, turtle drama and Vince just is talking about the state of their groomed private parts, you know, whether where they are or not. Uh, it was just a very like, oh, this is this is very early entourage, you know. Oh yeah, just talking about like, do you shave your balls? Uh, it's 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 also if Manscaped was around. Oh, dude. You, you talk about product placement? Yes. Oh, yes. Manscaped would have been all over this freaking episode. Uh, I thought that like five times. Manscaped <laughs> yeah. sponsored an episode of this podcast a long time ago, and I was like, I should hit them up and be like, what, <laughs> what are you guys episode? doing? I'm, ta- I'm going to talk about for 20 minutes about ball grooming with my friend Ben in, in yeah. a couple of days here. The episode's called Hair. <laughs> yeah. Drama. Boy, you've never seen a shave bots before? <laughs> Turtle, yeah. I don't groom my dick. It's just, yeah. it's. It's very, very male friendship. It's just like you're, you're talking right. about really crude stuff at like a real elementary level. Nobody's uncomfortable. Vince is just sitting there like giggling like a schoolgirl because he's drunk and he's at a porn star like sleeping in his bed. He doesn't care. Yeah. And it's the fact that this is like the A plot of this episode yeah. is a little strange. I don't know. I actually I have a take about this whole plot line. I want to save it towards mm. the very end of this episode yeah. because it uh, affects how I'm grading this episode. But uh, Okay. But yeah, it's that scene. Vincent drama prime turtle sexual performance issues out of him. That's it. Like, uh, you know, there, yeah. there's just so many hilarious drama quotes. Turtle being freaked out by something he'd never seen before in the bedroom. He thought he'd seen everything before. He's watched so much porn that he's seen. Some, it's funny. It's. I wouldn't say like, oh man, that's one of my favorite moments, but it's the most male moment of the episode for sure. The details too, when he says the sun just hit it. <laughs> He's what like, are you painting talking a, about? Painting yeah, a like, picture. He's why like, is your uh, window I went open? down there as the sun <laughs> as the sun rose. <laughs> yeah. Close your but window, turtle. The, guys do that. Guys like That's paint true. unnecessary pictures. Like whereas, yeah, yeah. and this not to be sexist, but I feel like when, at least with me and my wife, she'll provide unnecessary details like about background characters, and I'm kind of like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna paint the picture, but I'm gonna exaggerate everything. You know, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. I closed. I did. I just didn't close well. What, did you pop off early? It's been a long time for you. Yeah, Turtle, that's no big deal. No, it wasn't that. It just didn't start out so good, and then I couldn't find my groove. What, you didn't eat it right? Disaster. Yeah, I'm sure you're just imagining it. No, I'm not. And the truth is I've been imagining it for a month. She is so hot. And then finally, I was all ready, and I made my way down there, and... What? Nothing. Something. You guys are going to laugh at me. No, we won't. Okay. I made my way down there just as the sun came up. And the harsh light hit it directly, and it was completely bald, and I freaked. (laughs) Yeah, see? (laughs) I'm sorry. 
Why did you freak? Seriously, Turtle, I love that. It's like you peel back the curtains to reveal the mystery of us. I don't have a problem with it. It's just that close up with the sun, it shocked me. What, you never saw a shaved box before? I have, in porn, just not in 3D. I've been with girls who are nicely groomed. Landing strip. The landing strip went out in the mid-90s, bro. It's the truth. Everyone goes smooth nowadays. Even you, I bet. And smooth balls, for sure. And I hope you do yours as well. I don't groom my dick, no. Are you kidding? It's 2010, you better. Do people really do this, man? I only know about my own dick, and Turtle, you should only worry about yours. But listen, you haven't been with many chicks since Jamie. Many meaning zero. And you were nervous, so I'm sure you did fine. No, I didn't. I need another shot. Well, I'm sure you will get one. I hope. Well, if you do, you better do a little courtesy manscaping. Can't have your dick looking like a chia pet, bro. Ben, what was your least favorite moment? I have a few, so oh, oh, kick us man. off. <laughs> Ugh. Any okay. Anything and everything with the Lizzie Grant <laughs> suit. And uh-huh. I I I love the actress who plays Lizzie Grant, Autumn Reeser. I think she's great. But and then obviously, you know, she sends the tapes to Deadline Hollywood. It's all such a it's all such a bummer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it's I feel like all of this and, and rightfully so you don't get a great Ari performance in this episode because he's so disturbed throughout, yeah. right? And and he's dealing with a bunch of shit. So it's it's obviously, you know, th- this was gonna come to a head once he let go of Lizzie or didn't promote her. Mm-hmm. But man, I mean, it, obviously once Amanda gets involved, also just a big bummer. And yeah. I also I'm just picturing that where this is going, and you know him. Spoiler Losing alert, everything. Not, not getting the NFL team in that, that scene that's I believe in the next episode or maybe a couple episodes from now where, you know, he, he goes to the bathroom to call Amanda and then his, uh, you know, she's, she says, you know, I was meeting with them to tell them we still need you, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it, this is the start of it. And it just yeah. bums me out thinking about it. And, and again, we watch the show to kind of hang out with our friends a little bit. And Ari's like one of our friends and just seem bummed out. Just bums me out. I completely agree. Ari has always been on top of it, the world professionally. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's rarely, you know, randomly he'll have things with his wife that he's struggling with. That's supposed to make him more relatable. But in this episode and this, probably this entire season, he's spinning out professionally and personally. And then it's always taking his eye off the ball. So Vince is spinning out and it's just, it's too many tops spinning out around you as a viewer and you're like this isn't fun this isn't i don't like watching ari grovel and follow lizzie grant at a restaurant i don't like the turn that lizzie grant made being so nasty like when someone doesn't give you promotion you don't then turn to them and go fuck you you're a fuck i'm gonna i'm like that's not how business works i said this like an episode or two ago like don't burn bridges lizzie like just go out of there quietly and then make it your goal to burn him down like professionally don't you're going to go to the, the press. You're going to go to his sworn enemy. It just feels very television. And that's that's what we're doing is we're talking about a television show. It feels very dramatic. But it just it, it's out of character for everybody. And it's not a good hang, as, as you said. And she's, in general, kind of a likable character up until this yep. episode, I feel like. Yeah. Right? Like the whole stuff with Andrew and, you know, the affair. Obviously not a good look. But sure. she obviously, you know, there's also that point where she just ends it and says, you know, she's trying to move on and... It's and so yeah. This is a, a very much a a one eighty. This whole story arc of I'm just ch- coming to to get you, 
right? Just for it, it almost seems very spiteful and revengeful for not getting the promotion. Which again, look, do I agree with Barbara and that Ari probably should have just given it to her because who knows what the TV Ari doesn't give a shit about the TV department, right? He's made that very clear. So just, and up until just, that point, she'd done a great job with the TV department. Yeah. And she'd helped him with the NFL thing, so she did deserve Sorkin. What yeah. she asked for, yes, absolutely. So it, it you know. This isn't to say that Ari didn't deserve any repercussions from overlooking her, but this just seemed really severe, right? And the fact that she's been this whole time just keeping track of what he's saying, writing it all down, like, whoa, man, that's, that's, it's it's extreme. I have some issues with the writing down, which we'll talk about too. Like, it just feels (laughs) a little, oh, like, okay, I could write down what Ben said to me on this call and I can just write down anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, there is a little bit of, like, power dynamic. He was her boss, male, female, all that type of stuff that comes into yeah. play. Which isn't, we're not going to talk about because it isn't that much fun to talk about on this spot, yes. Lizzie Grant. I didn't know that you ate here. Well, I know you don't eat here because you don't like, and I'm quoting, eating with all the pussy-ass bitch agents. <laughs> you know what? I have grown to love my own kind. Are you following me? You can't prove it. <laughs> you would be amazed at what I could prove. Mm, well, I talked to your boss. I'm aware. Yeah, she may use nicer words, but she's a much worse person than me. Anyone in this town can tell you that. That is so funny because she swears you're the worst person she's ever dealt with. <laughs> Stealing clients. Have you, ever seen, have you ever seen me steal clients? Sorry, I have no interest in talking to well, you. Well, I have an interest in you not sullying my name, all right? So tell me what you want. What I want? Yes. Yeah. How much money to settle so we don't end up in court where you will lose? A writer's assistant on a sitcom once sued for inappropriate talk, went to the Supreme Court. Do you know what they told her? They told her that the writers can talk about gangbanging her all day long as long as they don't do it. I know the case. They're creative. You're certainly not. So you can talk about gangbanging all day, but you're the only one who's going to get fucked. 100,000. No. 250. How about 10 million? Don't be absurd. You think I'm being absurd? I think that you're whoring yourself out to a witch of a woman who is trying to get you to slander a good family man's name. (laughs) One million dollars not to sue. Ari, I cannot tell you how good it makes me feel to watch you squirm. But you can rest easy, because I've already told Amanda that I'm not going to sue you. So keep your money. You're not. No. I will make my money because I'm smart and I'm talented. Not because you're repugnant. I think you're doing the right thing because no one, no one needs to hear about our past. No, that's where you're wrong. Everyone needs to hear. I want the women of the world to know how you treat them. What does that mean? Check Deadline Hollywood. I'm sure the story should be posted sometime soon. Unless you can buy them off. You sent tapes of me to Deadline Hollywood? Is that even legal? Sue me. My least favorite moment is... Turtle and Alex's really awkward lunch where Turtle's like, hey, how's your sandwich? And she goes, good, better than last night. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Way out of left field. That's hell out of pocket. It's like, yo, this, I have not liked the Alex character all season. I don't think she's written very well. I think she's just kind of a decoration, if I'm being honest. She's fucking nasty to him this episode. Male performance issues aside, you know, like every woman at this point should know, like there are certain things you don't say to them. And she's literally like, Sasha said she had the best sets of her life on that tequila. I thought it was the worst sets of my life. He's like, you know, eating his sandwich. He basically drops it on the plate like, yo, what the fuck? Uh, Sorry? Like, I'll do better? 
I'd be an adult, Alex. Communicate. Be like, oh, I thought last night was weird. Like, what happened? Can we fix this? And then, so, hold on. But later in bed, when they're having their sex scene, she says, oh, I thought you were a virgin. And he's like, I'm 30. <laughs> it's just like, I know. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it, Turtle. I get why you want to sleep with this woman. I see it. We all see it. But also, like, I can't really, like, support anything she's saying because I don't. I don't, I don't like her. Also, with you. let's just be logical for a second here, Alex. You thought Turtle was a virgin? The guy who's <laughs> has been hanging out with Vince his entire career? You don't think that he's he's dabbled and been able to... Who ran a car service of models? Yeah. yeah. Right. You don't think he's ever had like a, a moment with any of them? It's just... He he dated Jamie Lynn Siegler. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what right. is happening here? This it's, it's just the logic there just kind of went out. But that lunch, it, this is a great call by you. I'm splitting the lunch. Yeah. <laughs> if, she yeah. said, if she brings this up, I'm not paying for lunch. We're, we're going halvesies, right? <laughs> like, put put another card down. This is, you can't say this to me in public. What if someone overhears you? I have been with my wife for 10 years. If my wife said this to me at lunch, I'd be like, we're fighting now. This is not, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're not going home happy. Like, he ends up begging her at the end. Like, please give me another chance. Please. It's, it's not a good look for our boy Turtle. Jerry obviously does a great job. Like We, we love Jerry on this pod. Love like, Jerry, yeah. It's just, I don't know. The, the arc this season has been tough for me. And I, and I know it's tough because I know what's coming. I know like then yeah. we did like all the all the sports figures being involved into the season. And then we did the restaurant tour stuff. And Jerry himself even said, like, didn't make a lot of sense post-Avion what, what Turtle was doing. And uh, <laughs> I kind of agree with him. So, like... This is supposed to be, though, his moment. His, like, he, he makes all the money in the world this season. And uh, I just don't like that she's involved. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just the performance. I don't know. So, Vince has been tweeting the shit out of the tequila. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Said so he started a new company. That's great. I was thinking of posting some of the videos. The cool ones, not the silly ones. Yeah. Totally. How's your sandwich? Cool. Better than last night. What? I'm kidding. No, you weren't. Come on. It was uh, awkward. You think? I think maybe we just did it too soon. Or maybe we shouldn't have done it at all. No, no, no. Of course we should have done it. It was my fault. It was me. I take full responsibility. For what? For the awkwardness. What happened? I mean, we were having a great time, and then the second the clothes came off, you turned into a clumsy mute. I wasn't feeling great. No, no, Turtle. Maybe we're just not meant to be like that. I mean, Sato said she had the best sex of her life in our tequila. I thought it was the worst. It wasn't the worst. Okay, you gotta give me another shot. Maybe we're just meant to be business partners. No, 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 come on. Look, I will wine you and dine you and woo you and I will blow your mind in bed. You think? Let me try. Okay, you can try. Excuse me, can I have some ketchup, please? the most entourage moment of this episode i had two here one is vince and drama drinking for 16 hours straight. <laughs> with I nowhere mean, to go just no, just zero no zero consequence right no meetings drama's in the in the he's at a crossroads in his career he's trying literally trying to find a job and decides you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna camp out here at the house and just pound this tequila that i don't allegedly do not like oh he's also wearing jeans with like a big belt buckle and like a right. like he looks like he's dressed to go out for lunch and i'm like dude if i'm at my house drinking i'm in fucking shorts jeans at the house for that long <laughs> is I, I can't trust anyone who does that yeah, that does same. not sound healthy 
Um, and, and look, in the grand scheme of this, it's obviously a sign that Vince is massively fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he uh, ends the ep- the way he ends the episode, just you, as yeah. you said in the recap, you know, passed out naked <laughs> at the pool. <laughs> but 16 hours straight with no consequence, it's just so entourage, right? Like, obviously, we know these guys are going to party. They're rich. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're young. They're good looking. Like, I get it. 16 hours no break <laughs> no break and it is supposed to kind of like glamorize it i'm supposed to sit there and go i want to do that like i'm watching going, oh i right. want to just get in and vince is like i'm happy drunk drama you're sad drunk and like but uh, they're both being funny and clever and coherent and after 16 hours like drama is throwing up in the bathroom and vince is like fate like at the bottom of the pool right like let's be honest it's right it's not possible but when i was 20 watching the show i was like hell yeah i want to do that <laughs> also they're 30 yeah <laughs> they're true. at least that's all true. 30 yeah because <laughs> we know that from turtle turtle talked about it earlier and drama is obviously older than that so Drama's dear 50. god <laughs> i'm right <laughs> right no idea how old drama is but i'm just saying if if i'm out drinking for four, three hours it's it's a it's, i'm toast right yeah so same, same. And if i have no two waters, beers during the day if i have two beers yeah. during the day then i i, I can't sleep well that night <laughs> any sort of day no water the sun yeah, yeah no <laughs> waters just not no there's no hydration iv bag like iv drip to kind of keep them going johnny you gotta stop drinking why because you've been going for 16 straight hours so have you yeah but i'm happy drinking I'm going to keep doing it until I get a job. Maybe you should do a play. I'd love to, Brown, but I can't afford it. My mortgage rate's ready to reset. Well, whatever movie I do next, I'm making sure there's a role in it for you. Yes. And I got your mortgage until you find a job. And that will be pretty soon, I'm sure. Uh, how do you know, bro? I was on a series six months ago. I haven't had an offer since. Correction. Dos Equis asked me to be the least interesting man in the world. Johnny, this town is up and down, up and down. You know that. I mean, look at me. I was done, but I came back, and you will too. I hope so, bro. But for now, let me wallow in my misery. And the other one for me was uh, Vince just casually having 1.5 million followers on Twitter, like this early, for someone who probably doesn't tweet. It's, I don't it's know. A is great... he that famous? Is I mean, he was star of Aquaman, dude. And we're talking. But that's pre-Twitter. That's true. That's true. Aquaman's yeah. pre-Twitter. Twitter was invented in 2006. Didn't come to the mainstream till like 2008, primarily Eight, around nine, the Obama yeah. election. Yeah. yeah, I took a look. You joined in March '09. I joined yep. in like January of 2010. So at this point, when the show is aired, Twitter is in our consciousness. But like, I this is the first time I'd ever seen Twitter in pop culture anywhere, and I think they honestly yeah. do a good job with it. It's like, dude, you have all these they followers. Do. You can't just yeah. be like firing off. Have you ever seen those like screenshots of like Durant's old tweets and Shaq's old tweets that are really, really <laughs> yeah. bad? It's like yeah, yeah. those guys just thought they were like making jokes into the void and like they have a fucking digital footprint. Like to this day, people still go up to fucking Mitch Trubisky for the Chicago Bears and say, Mitch Trubisky, you like to kiss titties, right? Because he tweeted that when he was 16 <laughs> years old. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, but it, it does a good job of them being like, no, Vince, th- your actions on social media have consequence. I think they do a really good job of that where vince is just sitting there drunk with his porn star girlfriend being like i have 1.5 million followers cool i don't know i i really actually liked that part of this episode to be honest with you also a little ahead of the game in that branded tweets branded posts right where vince would probably be getting paid for this and also just a celebrity starting a tequila company because now everyone has a freaking tequila company right rock george clooney yep uh kendall jenner justin timberlake had one for a while so vince was ahead of the curve 
So let's let's actually skip ahead to like how would this episode be different today? And because that's what I had. I said like this it wouldn't this wouldn't be like some thing that everyone's upset about. Like nobody in 2020 yeah. Ari's mad about this. E Shauna, they're like, he's got a tequila company. If it was 2023, <laughs> this would be a big, huge deal. It would be co-branded yeah. and it wouldn't be yeah. so I thought I thought this through a little bit. It would be like Dos Hombres with Cranston and Aaron Paul. It would be the yeah. the, the Chase Brothers tequila. It'd be drama yeah. and Vince. It'd be Vince propping up his brother, who's famous in his own right. And they wouldn't have to like attach a porn star to it. They just do co-branded deals with television stars and the fucking housewives would be drinking it and Vanderpump rules people on yeah. Bravo. Like it's this would be a true business for the Chase brothers. And it would be really cool if I'm being honest with you. Oh, a thousand percent. And also a lot of these videos would just end up on TikTok. Yeah. Right? I think the the Twitter thing would just be I don't even know if Vince is posting. Yeah, at on this Twitter. point. I think his social yeah. media people are saying TikTok is the way, right? And also, <laughs> if you know, in terms of how this would be different today, the rumors of Vince dating Sasha would have been leaked. Yeah. Right, like when they first hooked up at that first club. Sure. Right, like they were Vince was spotted leaving with, you know, Sasha Gray, blah 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 blah. Also, Vince being attached to a Marvel property <laughs> would have been massive news. Huge. And that would have also been leaked. So it's uh it, it, like also Airwalker. Who knows? That might have been on Disney Plus. It <laughs> <laughs> might have been a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I also think I don't know if him dating a porn star in 2023 would be as scandalous as it. Uh, granted, there's still kind of like a divide, but like if you think about how sexual empowerments, you know, I, I, I don't. I'm much. I'm clearly talking about something I don't know a lot about, but like it'd be like a little less of a scandal if it's like, oh yeah, she's an adult film actress and she does content on OnlyFans. And like, there are OnlyFans chicks who are kind of mainstream people. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't really, like, predict what it would be like, but it just wouldn't be this, like, big, scandalous, like, no-no in, in the minds of everyone around them. They'd just be, they'd have to put a PR spin on it. Sean would have to, like, really paint Sasha Gray as, like, a, whatever, sympathetic figure in the life of Vinny Chase. But also around this time, this is when Sasha is starting to leave the adult entertainment industry, yep. right? She's, you know, she's in actual films and, yeah, and whatnot. Soderberg. So in terms of the spin that you could put on it, that Shauna could put on it, it's, it's easy. You know, she's, you could just frame her as an actress and you don't yeah. have to add that extra adjective of, Oh, she used to be a porn star. I mean, you know, your, your history is your history, but yeah, I, th I think it would be, I don't think people would care. No. <laughs> right. No, I think back then, you know, early Twitter. Sure. Right. There's a big microscope on you now when there's just, everyone is an influencer. Everyone's a TikToker. Everyone, everyone has their own space. You know, they'd see it and kind of move on. They wouldn't. And everyone has a past, a digital past, where like you know maybe some actresses have done porn in the past. Like it's a way to make money when you're young and you're I don't know. Like it's not. And there's not as much of a stigma or as much judgment surrounding it. I'm sure there are people that would, but not, not I mean, as much in 2023. There's athletes out there who I'm not going to name names, but they've uh, they've gotten some exotic dancers pregnant and eventually yes. married them and welcomed yes. them into their lives. Who are, who are we to judge on what is love? <laughs> If I, if when I'm an NBA star, yeah, <laughs> like, still no, time. There's still time, man. Yeah, this bad hip. E, to what do we owe this pleasure? Turtle posting a video of you and Sasha on Twitter. I just got reamed out by Sean. That was unintentional. I edited smaller parts. I accidentally uploaded the whole thing. I thought it was cute. A movie star telling guys to fuck like him and girls to fuck like a porn star isn't cute, Vince. <laughs> I said that. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm sure the way I said it was very charming. 
Toto, what happened? I thought the tequila company was going to be on the down low. No, it only went out to my Twitter followers. You have a million and a half followers. I do? Yeah. Now TMZ, Perez Hilton, and Just Jared all want to know if Sasha's your girlfriend. Well, tell them she is. I thought we were just really good friends. Look, Vince, you just got the biggest offer of your career today, all right? I just want to make sure you're focused. I'm focused. I'm focused. Aren't I focused? Seems focused to me. You see? So one last thing in this category. So how this episode will be different in 2023. I was thinking about this. And then we'll, and then we'll go back. In 2023, Lizzie Grant takes the $1 million offer from Ari, hands down. Yeah. It is way too noble for her to want to like make her money on her own, whatever she says. That's what a TV character does. It's not what a human being does. Not many people in their mid-20s in L.A. are turning down a million dollars for simply not even like doing nothing, just not releasing this journal that she allegedly has. For just right. not like burning Ari down. He's just like, hey, just please let me continue to work and it's not even again it's thinking about like me too and all the really bad things that have happened to young females in hollywood and the most i think that's happened is she's been verbally abused by him and it's like i i just think that in 2023 he does million bucks she goes yep and then they they continue on you never hear about it again never hear no never sees the light of day yeah no it's uh i forgot he offered her the million dollars it's absurd. I, when I was rewatching it, I said, <laughs> yeah. you turn that down. And obviously, again, this becomes more about money for her, right? It becomes about tearing Ari down for not giving her the job. So it just becomes a whole other separate issue. So from that standpoint, I, I get it. But it's a million dollars is a million dollars, right? A million dollars 10 years ago is, is, is a lot of million dollars. Yeah, it's just right. it's crazy. Favorite line or quote from this week's episode, Ben? <laughs> yeah, so for... What's well, sort of a bummer of an episode? That, <laughs> and you know, this had a bunch of great quotes. I was I was oh, actually yeah. surprised when I was kind of going as I was writing them down uh, through through the episode. First off, I had to start with this one, Ari. I don't care if Justin Bieber calls <laughs> and wants me to negotiate the rights to his virginity. I don't want to talk to him. Just an incredible. That's that's where I saw little Ari, a little Ari pop out right. Still got his fastball, yeah. right? Little grovelly. Little little whiny, little, you know, he's, he's going through some shit. I get it. This was classic Ari Lennon. Uh, you still haven't called back Jeff Katzenberg or Mike Melman or Tracy Moore? I don't want to talk to anybody. Was I not clear? Nobody. I don't care if Justin Bieber calls and wants me to negotiate the rights to his virginity. I don't want to talk to him. Nobody. I also had uh, Walsh uh, in, <laughs> in regards to whether he still has his Medellin Pablo Escobar tattoo. Oh, so good. He said... No, I had it scraped off with a Bowie knife in a ritual smokehouse ceremony. <laughs> Perfect Again, delivery. Added detail, so unnecessary. And he obviously says he's joking. Just just incredible. And then the the topper, which uh, my wife was watching with me, and this made her laugh out loud because she, I think she forgot about this one. It was just Billy Walsh and how many, how many kids he has. <laughs> set, of, set of Irish twins, set of actual twins, and another one on the way. I thought we could live on love. But tiny kids can't, can't eat love. love. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh man, so, the way they wrote Billy throughout the entire run, mm-hmm. even in the movie where he's just chanting film in the movie. Yeah. Just, they they were on one. They, they knew how to write Billy Walsh. Just, just in contrast to what you're saying earlier, like in terms of how Alex was written, mm-hmm. they just knew, Walsh was just easy for them. And you could, I think Dodd and crew have said, like, they've known a lot of Walsh's, and they've, you know, and, and yeah. he's been based on a couple of different, you know, indie directors, and, you know, that, that art house kind of guerrilla style mania, like, it, it, it 
Now seeing the inverse of that, where it's like, okay, now let's take all that, remove it, and put it in that energy inside what's supposed to be like this devout, calm person. Right. Hilarious. It just doesn't... Yeah. It's so unnerving watching him sit there in that dap button-down, like, nervously, like, tapping his <laughs> fingers, being like, I'll do anything to you. I'll do TV. I'll do... Uh, I'll help you. Whatever. As I meant to say earlier, my most entourage moment, though, is we haven't seen Billy Walsh in two and a half years, and... This whole episode, we see drama down on his luck and depressed. And then here comes Billy Walsh with the next idea for drama. It's like, perfect. Here we go. Like, yeah. like that idea that like, you know, everything turns out all right for the boys. That's exactly what happens. Like he's immediately back in the fold. He's playing foosball with the guys and he gets back on his side. And voila, I have a great idea for drama, which is the entire plot of next season with Johnny's Bananas. It's funny how things work out for them. You know what I mean? Like, But it's, that's entourage. <laughs> I also love the small interaction that him and Sasha have with when she says, I filmed the movie with you. Yep. <laughs> and you just remember that before they they did Medellin, he was he was Wally trying to balls. bring yeah, he was Wally Balls <laughs> trying to bring back the seventies class type of porn back yeah. <laughs> so it was uh I, I love that little subtle thing where and he like freaks out and he's like, Maybe this was a mistake. You know, there's porn stars, there's drugs, there's alcohol, and he had to get the hell out of there. But it was, man, Reese Coiro, dude. I, I big fan. I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. I don't have much choice, Billy. Well, we all have choices and I've made some bad ones. <laughs> what can I do for you, Billy? I need you to help guide me out of the toilet like you did, Vince. And why would you want me? Because, man, you were the first guy to believe in me. You found my first script, you got me Vince, you got us the money. As much as I was hard on you, I always knew you were the guy with the good eye. We can't work together, Billy. Why not? Because there's too much baggage and past. Pretend we've never met. How could I do that? Well, essentially, we haven't. I don't drink anymore, I don't do drugs, I don't curse. You don't curse? No. I've spent the last three years becoming an ordained minister in Santa Fe. Got myself right, and I want to work. Well, you want Vince? I want you to help me. I'll do anything. Commercials, TV, anything. I've changed. You still got that Pablo Escobar tattoo on your back? Nah, I had it scraped off with a Bowie knife in a ritual smokehouse ceremony. That's still there. Some <laughs> things haven't changed. But I got a family now. Oh, you have a kid? I've got four. Four? Set of Irish twins, set of actual twins, and another one on the way. I thought we could live on love, but uh, tiny kids can't eat love. Look, Billy, I'm gonna have to think about this. You know, Drama was telling me about this network deal that he's got. Yeah, if you have any ideas, don't be afraid to shoot him my way. Well, actually, I was already thinking, like, maybe he's not having any luck because he's too ugly to star in his own show. Yeah, you've changed, Billy. Ah, come on, don't be mad, I'm serious. Look, he doesn't have the, the face for the screen, but he's got the voice. So what, you think he should do radio? No, I was thinking a cartoon. Cartoon? Yeah, like, like The Simpsons, but angrier. The Ari's here and he's being a douche. You hear that voice, how distinct and angry it is? Were you talking about me? What's Ari want, Drama? Let's talk to you. I got a lot of ideas. Sit tight, Billy. So my quotes are both involving Billy. Billy sees Drama. You seem angry, Drama. And Drama goes, I've always been, Billy. Only now I'm drunk, too. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. again, we've, we've gotten to this point where Drama, like, has come to terms with the fact that he's, like, maybe manic-depressive or he's got anger issues. And it's it's good. It's, he's always vocalizing that now, but doing very little to, like, actually help himself yeah. or fix it. And then later, Turtle's getting ready for his second date with Alex or whatever, and he's like, I'm just on edge a little bit. And Billy goes, well, let me tell you, shoving that poison down your throat's not the remedy. <laughs> Turtle goes, poison? This is 100% pure agave. 
And then drama. The only remedy for you is storming the hairless beaches. <laughs> and Sasha Gray, <laughs> Sasha Gray, who's just sitting on Vince's lap, goes, you'll be fine, Turtle. And Turtle goes, I don't normally have performance issues. And drama goes, yeah, you perform as often as Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it's just so like, those. that's like four, that's four like 90 mile per hour fastballs right down the middle in, in five lines of dialogue. So fucking funny. Oh, drama's really, really good in this episode. Yeah, just it's a, a good drama, a good Billy episode. Yeah, we yeah. got we got some good moments. I thought you wanted to conserve your product. I want to relax. You freaking about tonight? I'm not freaking. Just on edge a little. Let me tell you, shoving that poison down your throat's not the remedy. Poison? This is 100% pure agave. The only remedy for you is storming the hairless beaches. You're gonna be fine, turtle. I don't normally have performance issues. Yeah, you perform as often as Led Zeppelin. Music. It hasn't been a strong season for music, if I'm being honest with you. I think the last two episodes of this pod, we haven't even talked about any of the songs. Did you hear anything? Did you, I don't for, know, any, any trash jump out at you? For me, I had to look up the name of the song. It was just the song that cuts in at the very, very end when you see Vince naked and passed out, which I had to do some research. It's called In for the Kill by LaRue, and I believe it's a it's a remix. Yep. But that song, again, before when you asked me to do this episode and uh we, you know i was kind of joking around with but the vince pool scene like that song is just stuck in my head because it's such a i think it's the visual that really helps with yeah. it but it's 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 iconic in that sense where the the image of vince and sasha at the pool and, and ari and e trying to wake vince up with that song playing is it's very it's very formative in terms of my honor entourage uh watching experience your history so, with it yeah that's so funny because I had a my desk John Duda who I had on for the Aaron Sorkin notes episode, which was almost the whole season ago, said that to me. He said, "Are you at the Larue episode?" And I said, "What?" And he said, "The point <laughs> where Vince is passed out at the pool with Sasha Gray, and you hear the and he like called it out and hadn't watched the show in like a couple years." And I said, "Wow, that's a real formative moment for a lot of people." Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Larue, 2008 British synth pump pop at she also has a very popular song called bulletproof which like everyone knows the song bulletproof yeah and fun fact ben i went to coachella this year with my brothers and i went and saw uh chromio in this like small tent my brothers never heard of chromio yeah and chromio brought out larue and she, they sang their song together oh, they have a song wow. called the replacements full circle full circle and then they and then they did bulletproof which like the whole house went you know they, they brought the house down with it so very oh, very yeah. cool so yeah, let's. We'll, I'll add in for the till uh, by Larue the remix to the oh yeah oh yeah music playlist. It's in the show notes of today's episode. If you guys are interested in listening to the our favorite songs from every episode of Entourage, go check out that playlist. It's on Spotify. Who Ben works for? Look, is this thing real? The relationship with the porn star? What? No. You sure? Ari, Vince is fine. Where is he? I want to talk to him. He's out by the pool. Oh, hey guys. Jesus. Vince, wake up. You have our visitors. Wake up. Yeah, he looks fine. Vinny. Vinny. We can find out the science. No celebrity cameos this episode. Kind of a bummer. But if I'm being honest, kind of refreshing given how many we've had up until this point and how many we're going to have after this point with the uh, Avion thing. So 
they go to this well a lot toward the end. I and I th I think Doug, Ellen, and and a lot of and um sorry, Kevin Connolly have talked about this a lot too. Where toward the end and as Entourage became super successful, people were calling them to ask yeah. to come on the show. Right, yeah. so you make it work. You squeeze in a Michael Phelps, yeah. uh, or you know a LeBron, a Matt Damon, or whoever. So, it's uh, it was nice to kind of just see, you know, the the crew, if you will. Crew, Obviously, yeah. Sasha is involved, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was nice to just kind of hang out with the, with the guys for a little. One bit. last time, <laughs> yeah, before things go haywire. What was uh, yeah. did you see? Any, were any perks? Like, what would you describe as a perk from this episode? I mean. The the potentially one hundred million dollar offer for Airwalker seriously just casually I mean, because I feel like so Vince has obviously been in a shit ton of movies at this point but you I feel like you don't hear much about how much he's offered for these mm -hmm. roles mm -hmm. I mean in, in season one you hear how much he's offered for Matterhorn and yeah. and also how much he could make for Aquaman uh, if he if you know he he does the trilogy but there aren't many other hard figures for how much money Vince is actually earning uh, throughout his career. So it, 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 it also makes the fumbling of this Airwalker bag you know, so much like, harder. Yeah, ridiculous, yeah. Especially knowing what we know now about Marvel and, and what the MCU has become. Because, you know, at this time, there's still, you know, you know Iron Man, I think, has released like a couple of years prior to mm -hmm. this. And the MCU and is still very much in its infancy. But, dude, now? I know. Oh my, I mean... It's it would be it would be nuts. And Vinny Chase would be a billionaire point. by the time he retired oh because he'd just be in God. every yeah, he he did a piece of every Avengers movie, he'd be on every Disney Plus show, just showing up as Airwalker, you know, in whatever capacity. Yeah, and I, I think this is the first time we hear about the back end. Like that, right, that the back was, end. Like he, he did top, a percentage yeah. point, yeah, of of the sales and that is like where, you know, actors really made their money. And um I, th I thought that was I thought that was really cool. I completely agree with you. That's probably the biggest perk of the show, uh, uh, probably of this entire season. And and Vince just fucking fumbles it away because he can't show up to like two meetings without having his girlfriend or drugs in his system, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. I also am going to call out Scotty Lavin's lifted, blacked out Ford F one fifty that they drive <laughs> in, just like a totally impractical car for Los Angeles. Makes no sense, but a but a total Scott Lavin car. If I'm being honest with you, also. Scott and E, as a fellow short person, just short dude. Short king. <laughs> that car, yeah, that, that car is way too big <laughs> yes. for, for both those guys. And Lavin, especially. And I get it. Like you, you make a decent living or probably a great living, and you mm -hmm. want to buy that truck. I don't know. Maybe have a more practical car to take to work yeah. <laughs> or you're not jumping off of a ledge every time you come <laughs> out of the car. You know, it's stop and go traffic on the 405 uh, often in L.A. Yeah, so you're yeah. just going to sit there and just, you know, that, that gas guzzler. Morning, E. Morning. Late night. You look tired. Yeah, I was up till 10 tasting wedding cakes. I'm not tired. I'm nauseous. <laughs> Any sign of an offer for Vince? Mm-hmm. How is it? Oh, I didn't look. Okay, it's incredible. Wow. Scott! Oh, and a Billy Walsh call. Scott! Oh, come on. Yeah, why? Who is he? Supposed to be a big director for a minute. Never heard of him. Yeah, should I call him right. back? No, we'll call Ari. Tell him I want to talk to him about this. Thank you. <sighs> yes, Marie. We already yeah. talked about how it'd be different. Um, I'll do one quick call out for faces in the crowd. I do want to call out uh, Jim Leftwich, the Miller Gold attorney, is played by an actor named Rob Morrow. Rob Morrow's been in a lot of stuff. He's yeah. an actor and a director. He's known primarily for his portrayal of Dr. Joel Fleischman on Northern Exposure. It's a role that garnered him three Golden Globe and two Emmy nominations for Best Actor. 
Later, he was in the show Numbers, Numbers with a three in it. He's also appeared on Billions, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, The Whole Truth. Just one of those guys. You see him around. He does a good job. I wish I could see a little bit more of Ari dealing with like the legal side of things. I don't want it to be like a huge plot point, but this is the only time we meet the Miller Gold attorney. And if I'm being honest, I don't think Barbara's exactly on Ari's side in that meeting, which feels a little weird given the fact that like it's her company too. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of I told you so. Yes, energy. but like... Do that without the lawyer there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, right. She's like, I would have given her the offer. It's like, Barbara, you're not helping anybody here. You're just like, yeah, you're like you said, told you so. <laughs> right. And when when the, the lawyer says things like, well, what would people say if we ask them, you know, about things you say? And she's just smirking because she knows. Yeah. How about, <laughs> what did she say? She said last week he told me I would look good with a ball gag in my mouth. <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ. But in reality, she wouldn't be smirking because this is her company, too. She'd right. be like, we are so fucked, Ari. Please, Mr. Leftwitz, yeah. help us. But she's just yeah. like, she's like dancing on his grave in front of the attorney who's there to protect both of their livelihoods. A little strange. If you think about, if you think about it long term, though, especially toward the end of the series where she can sense that Ari's on his way out, mm-hmm. just sign the rest of the company over to me i mean there's there might be a sense of her that because I, I think when they made this agreement right isn't ari the partnership is 51 49 yeah if i'm remembering correctly with ari yeah with ari yeah so I, there's probably some sort she of power struggle there smells, still, where she smells blood yeah, in the water yeah right where she she could kind of take over so i don't know yeah. i'm not saying she's she's that sadistic or that mean about it but it, in the long-term storytelling kind of makes sense it, that, that's a great point. I, I didn't think about that. That maybe she is. This is just a move by her, right? Like yeah. she's not exactly gonna like go down with the ship with Ari. She's gonna take him off the boat and take the boat for herself. I right. Continue that weird analogy. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So what are we looking at here? Well, sexual harassment, maybe wrongful termination, possibly. I didn't terminate her. She quit. She felt that she was overlooked for a promotion she deserved. I would have given it to her. Whose side are you on? I didn't do anything wrong here. Well, obviously, Amanda Daniels disagrees. I mean, why would she be willing to spend her money supporting Lizzie? To get back at me. For what? He stopped her from getting a job she wanted once upon a time also. There is no case here. You say Lizzie's written down things you said. Yes, in a journal. Yeah, made up words, obviously. Obviously. Look, it's her word against mine, right? They'll subpoena everyone in this office. I mean, what might they say? What do you think they might say? He told me I'd look good with a ball gag in my mouth last week. Sorry. Lloyd! Yes. What would you say about my treatment of you over the last five years? Treatment? This is Jim Lefkowitz, Lloyd, our attorney. Attorney? What's going on? The lovely Lizzie Grant may sue me. And you, Lloyd, and everyone who works here may be asked to describe how Ari treats his employees. So what would you say? Ari has always been gracious and lovely, fair and reasonable. This has been a dreamlike job from minute one. And would you say that if you were under oath facing a perjury charge and possible jail time? Oh, God. I can't do time, Ari. I don't think anybody in my family could. I'm sorry. Go. Sixth man or woman award, Ben. Who comes off the bench and just makes it rain for, you know, their few minutes of screen time? Oh, man. I, I think it was Walsh, dude. I think, I mean, I think so, too. <laughs> it's just he came off the bench and hit nine threes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's an incredible did. performance. I, the other person that was in the running was Sasha, just because she drives the story along. But yeah. Walsh is just so good in this episode. This is this might be, in retrospect, one of my favorite Walsh performances yeah. uh, throughout the entire series. And he's had some legendary ones, right? Where he just it's in his top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, I think he takes this award easily. 
I completely agree. There's no one else to give it to. I will give a special shout out to Amanda Daniels. Just we haven't seen her in a minute, and she comes in hot in more ways than one. Yeah. I'm just gonna say oh, that she. Fantastic. It is like it is distracting how good looking she is in that office with Ari. It's like she can come into my office and yell at me once a week, Ben. I'll just say that. There, it was when she came in the office. My first thought was, oh, this is the part where she's gonna say, you know, she's gonna ream Ari for letting go of Lizzie. But I was also thinking. I understand why Vince slept with her. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get yeah. it, Vince. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Eric. Get the fuck out. Don't ever touch me again, you fucking jerk off. What are you doing here, Amanda? You, you called and I thought you might want to threaten me in my face. No one wants to threaten you, okay? What do you want? I just simply want to know if you really want to burn every last dollar that you have trying to slander my name. Slander? Mm-hmm. No, I read Lizzie's journals. There's some pretty horrific stuff in there, even for you. Why are you doing this? Because once upon a time, you walked into my office and you took a job away from me that I deserved simply because you could. So it's about payback. No, no, no. This is like arms control. See, you're, you're like Iran, and I need to take away your weapons because you're reckless. You're smart enough to know it's only a matter of time before I scoop up one of your cast-offs and sue you right back. <laughs> Unlike you, uh, I had the foresight to work, Lizzie, for a while. So I have proof you'd only have hearsay. Lizzie's little work of fiction journal proves that I'm guilty like Lindsay Blohan proves that fame is Fucking healthy. <laughs> she has recordings of you too. Your voice. Bullshit. Oh, it's true. The tapes are so clear, it sounds like they were professionally recorded. You heard them. Oh, I listened to them, yeah, the last three nights. And played with myself while fantasizing about fucking you in the ass. Anything else you wanted to say? I freed up my afternoon. You follow through on this, and you're starting a war. Then man up, Ari, because I love to battle. <laughs> it's funny, you know. It's actually less hostile than I expected. We've uh, talked about drama a lot. Do you have any other favorite Johnny drama moments you might not have mentioned? Him just pulling the 180 on the tequila in general yes, is, yes. is fantastic. Also, though, a little bit of a liar. I'm going to call drama yeah. out on this. He says he doesn't drink tequila. He only drinks, what is it, like Johnny Blue uh, yeah, or Johnny whatever. Blue. Season three. <laughs> this up. Season three, episode 17, Return of the King. He orders a round of Cuervo for everyone when he oh, finds wow. out it's Yom Kippur. Because so, it's a holiday, so yeah. he likes tequila. He does. So, uh, he's 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 fronting a little bit. So the, the, that was uh, really funny though when he says, you know, "Turtle, your moonshine started to uh, it's, I'm starting to come around to it or whatever." And then also, you talked about this scene earlier when Turtle's about to go to his his second date. Oh yes, or, I know what you're gonna say with uh, with Alex. <laughs> he just offers Turtle Cialis right out of <laughs> his pocket. My it's my favorite just moment of the whole episode. At the ready. <laughs> You know, hey turtle, and, uh, you want to see Alice? He has a pack of four in his pocket, <laughs> just ready. Turtle's like, no, maybe. And then Vince is like, Johnny, why are you carrying around see Alice? And he goes, Chase, I really need to bury one, bro. <laughs> yeah. it's like, what the fuck? This is why Jr. He's probably this is why he's wearing jeans. Yes, the care <laughs> of the see Alice in the house. <laughs> why, why wouldn't that just be in your bathroom? <laughs> right. <laughs> that is that's behavior. <laughs> That's going to need to be explored upon more uh, through drama. You should probably take a cab, or I can drive you. You should take a cab. I like you two as my parents. <laughs> hey, Vin, where's the can? Uh, to the left. Yo, turtle. You want to see Alice? No. Maybe. Hi, I need a cab to 3750 Longo. Johnny, why do you carry around to see Alice? In case I really got to bury one. You should use Kaboom. You get a bigger bang. Good tip. One more line from the man statement conversation from drama. 
Well, if you do have another shot, you better do some courtesy manscaping. Can't have your dick looking like a chia pet, bro. <laughs> yeah. Here, you you just pulled your season three callback. In season one, when he goes on the date with a the bodybuilder, there's like a montage where we see drama manscaping. Oh, he yeah, like yeah, that's right. He's like shaving and he looks down. I remember it because when we had manscaped as an advertiser, I used the clip and like turned it into like a thing for social and they did not like that. So I don't care. <laughs> That man state isn't an advertiser anymore. <laughs> Is it, isn't that why he stole those batteries too? That's right. Studio? He stole them from the remote. So and like, could... You see him. Yeah. That's a great pull, Ben. See, this is what I said. You're an entourage historian like me. He steals the batteries from the Hot 97 or the, yeah, from the whatever, studio. Power 103, whatever. And he puts the them studio. in his shirt pocket. And he goes, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot with Ari. We do have a favorite Ari Gold moment category. I mean... The exchange, the exchange with him and Lavin and E is pretty good, though. Oh, it's great. Where he and he also feels bad, which I always love those moments where he kind of pulls back and is just he stops being a dick for a second. Hey, Ari. What is this? The Big Brother program of America? Except who's the Big Brother? This is Scott Lavin. So, I called you last week twice about Vince. What are you two doing in my office when you don't have a meeting on the books? Is he kidding? We're here for Vince. Vince, you remember Vince. He doesn't play in the NFL, but he still makes a good amount of money. Who the fuck are you, and why am I wasting my time listening to you? E, I got a lot on my plate, so speak fast. We got a big offer for Vince. Could be worth $100 million over three movies. Look, now he's paying attention. Yes, Scott. Randall Wallace? And Stan Lee. Why don't I know about this? Well, because you don't call anybody back. I'll call Vince myself. I don't do that. Truth is, we got this done without you, but we obviously care about your opinion. Thank you. I appreciate it. I just, the truth is, I've been a little under it lately. NFL? Personal stuff. Oh, wow. Everything okay with the family? Yeah, thanks. Amanda Daniels. I gotta take this. She's on her way up. She's on her way up? Uh-huh. What are you doing with Amanda? Nothing. Right? You hitting that? Look, uh, you guys gotta go, right? This is really important. I will call you as soon as I go over this very thoroughly. He's hitting. Listen, <laughs> E, I'll call you in an hour. Make sure that your doppelganger stays off the line. Go. I actually enjoyed, uh, at the end, the Ari house call to Vince and E, because that, that just felt like a very classic Ari move. And it was nice to see some sense of normalcy with him, because throughout the rest of the episode, he's just really sad and stressed. And, and that makes you, or us as the viewer, very sad and stressed to see him like that so to see him make that house call and you know he, he's tripping because you know shauna just reamed him out for vince dating the porn star or dating sasha and and, and the tequila company so it was just a very normal ari moment for me he's he walks into that house and he's in a position of power yeah whereas in his office and in his personal life he's been kind of Absolutely. getting shit dumped down on him so now we can walk into that house, yell at E, and be like, where's Vince? I need to talk to Vince. And he goes, and normally he'd go to Vince and be all buddy-buddy, and then he finds him passed out of the pool, and he's like, yeah, you guys really have your shit handled here. Like, time for me to step in. Yeah. And he doesn't, because things go even worse in the next couple episodes. So, speaking of Vince, who besides Vince won this week's episode of Entourage, Ben? Can I make you this argument, that Vince didn't win the episode? Oh, he definitely didn't, yes. Based, just, oh, based hey, off by the way, wait a second. Are you yeah. saying that if you spent three days drunk with a porn star, you wouldn't have won in some way? Like, he didn't yeah, lose. That's a great point. <laughs> he w So let's say he was winning. Uh, but did he win in general? It's like he, in a four-quarter game, I feel like he was blowing everybody out. In the third, like, through three, he's sure. up 30. And then in the fourth. Sure, he's James Harden. Yep. They give up the 30-point lead, and then he's passed <laughs> out naked at the pool. You know? So... That's a great point. Great call. And he gets the twelve million dollar offer and the bad. Right. Like it's, he he does win this episode, but like it all 
get snatched away pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. so okay, if it's not Vince, that's a great, that's a great, great rebuttal by you. I, <laughs> I, I always got to think about this big picture with Vince. Uh, t- I gotta go with Turtle, man. Yeah. I, I know we're he he got laid twice. Yeah, in like in a few days after going a month without. Yeah, with with chasing Alex and not getting which what we've wanted. we've had to suffer through him like chasing her oh and it's been God. brutal. Yeah. So he does close the deal with Alex. I actually have him too for the exact same reason. Yeah, twice and by all accounts, the second time went great. You know, we we don't get the uh, full play by play after, but that's a good bounce back. I, mean, I completely agree. Back from a uh, that's that's the type of Jordan Poole season we're hoping for <laughs> next year oh, is the the turtle round two bounce back. Let's hope Turtle's still on the in the entourage <laughs> next year. <laughs> exactly. You could make an argument that despite the PR nightmare that it is, him accidentally putting out a video of his A-list movie star best friend and one of the biggest porn stars in the world promoting his tequila company also yeah. a win. Like no no bad press. Like big win. Ton million and a half people viewed that. Like that's good. Going to do nothing but help the brand, especially where it ends up with you know Avion being sold and Turtle eventually becoming a millionaire. So it's. Uh... It was the start of his his upward trajectory. A rare win for Turtle in a season that not a lot of people went in, so we'll, we'll give it no. to him. Okay, last question. And I have a little bit on this, but I, I want to hear your answer first. Mm-hmm. Was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage, and we can do pluses and minuses? Man, I just I had this as a C. A C? Okay. I mean, I mean, I think you and I have talked about this before, where it's the best Entourage episodes for me are the ones where you feel you're just hanging out with them Mm -hmm. and 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 the guys and this was this one was just kind of a downer all around i mean ari is dealing with the lawsuit and and the tapes of him being leaked and then (laughs) vince is on the precipice of spiraling out of control because the drugs and alcohol the drama can't find a job turtle has no more pubes it's you know he tasted a shit ton of wedding cake uh, for for nothing basically, wedding doesn't happen. Yeah. But the saving grace is Walsh's return, uh, which honestly might have saved the episode because I mean, he just brings back a lot of the old dynamic from early season seasons, but it's an evolved version of that. So, which is you good. Know, as, if he came back yeah, the same shithead, it'd be like this is weird. Right. Although him coming back as a porn star director would have made <laughs> a lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah, and then next episode, Vince is just in porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have that would have gotten weird. Yes. <laughs> where where are you at with it? So, and this is my complicated answer to this. So, I'm gonna give it a B minus. Okay. And here's why: things are about to get really, really, really bad. They're not bad yet in this episode, but they're yeah. getting there. People are drunk. There's an offer that's about to be fumbled, and Ari's about to have a huge public meltdown. Billy Walsh coming back and the Ian Scott stuff, I think is really good and like good yeah. positive momentum, good energy. And I was ready, Ben, after, so I watch every episode like three times at minimum. So here's my whole process, right? And not that anyone gives a shit, but <laughs> no, no, let's know. I, I watch the episode one time and I don't take notes. I just watch it like a viewer just to refamiliarize myself. Then the yeah. second time I go through and painstakingly write down everything, take notes, research. It takes like an hour and a half. And then the third time, I just fire it up like right before I record with my desk. So that way it's like very familiar. That way the scenes are like just burned yeah, into my fresh. brain. Yeah. And so that first time I watched it, when I sat there casually, I went, man, I fucking hate this episode. I hate the name of the episode that's called Hair. I hate that the <laughs> running theme, the A plot is about pubic hair. I think it's stupid. But then when I was re-watching it in the second time and taking my notes and really thinking about it, the idea that these guys are all in their 30s in 2010 – 
And the show was created and written by a man who's roughly the same age, you know, in 2010, mid-30s. Dud is like uh, almost 50. I could see why the pubic hair thing was kind of a big deal. Because they had grown up on a certain type of porn and a certain type of woman. And it wasn't lost to me that like after we see four different people talk about manscaping and bushes versus no bushes... That at the end of the episode, we see Sasha Gray completely naked with Vince. And she has a massive bush walking into the pool. In a way, like, with, like, a really weird, uncomfortable, elementary plot point theme. I'm going to kind of give it up to Doug and company. It's not, it's, like, handled pretty well, given where they were in life, where these characters should be in life. So, I don't know. I, I, I didn't do a full 180 on it, but I didn't hate it nearly as much. Because often I'm reminded, I watched the show when I was in my early 20s. But a lot mm-hmm. of people watched the show when they were in their 30s and 40s. And so to a lot of people, that probably resonated more than it did to me. Because I don't know about you, and I'm not trying to get into your porn habits or your what your <laughs> or your sexual past. But like, I'd always been, yeah, I was like, yeah, women shave down there. That's what that's the norm. But to guys 10 years older than us, it was not the norm. So I, this is my long roundabout way of saying Probably a B minus, and this is the last B I'll give to the show for a very, very, very long time. And that's that's me. Yeah. That's that's no, my that's, that's my introspective look at it. <laughs> that's a very fair assessment. And I mean, first of all, your process is this is why you're, you, this is why you're the best entourage pod entourage figure in the game because uh, you. you're, you're so thorough. But I mean, it's it's a great way to kind of look at it because I think I think the on the surface it's so. And, and again, I'm, I'm guilty of this, as, as, as I've talked about on, on this episode already. It's, it's just the bummer of everything is just it's this cloud that's hovering over yes. it yes. where the the finer details that you kind of laid out there, I feel like are lost in the shuffle a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's a great point. And I mean, now I'm, I'm going to watch it again uh, <laughs> a second time just to just kind of see if like how I feel about it, because I, I, I hadn't seen this episode in a while uh look when i do my rewatches i you know the first three seasons i'll like cr- like crush in order because i just want to feel it or even four kind of going into um you know with everything with medine but after that uh i'll still play everything i'll still eventually watch everything but i get selective and this one admittedly like because i remember how it made me feel <laughs> in the moment and just uh, on various rewatches uh, you know, I didn't watch it with as close of a lens, and I, th- I think I need to. It's a great point. So the point you were making about the cloud hanging over season seven has been something that I've been worried about podcasting about it. Yeah, because I didn't want to do ten hours of negative content. So I have tried to do what you said, <laughs> which is like find the the like smaller moments, the little things that I like, like Ian Scott, Billy Walsh returning. These are the things I have to highlight. Is if I spent ten hours shitting on Vince's performance, the tequila, the coke, the porn star, the whatever. It's not going to make for good podcasting. So that's that's why I'm looking at everything so philosophically this season. That's also why I'm kind of taking breaks throughout releasing these episodes. And I know people get annoyed when I don't post every Monday. But it's because I can't rewatch these episodes three, four times a piece for ten weeks in a row. Because I will just have like a bad taste in my mouth. Because it's a bummer, man. It's, it's not what Entourage fans were hoping for in this season. And uh, I'm hoping that these episodes can help people see some good in them. Because that's the point of this pod. No, totally. And I mean, when you kind of go through it with more of a fine tooth comb, there are actually bright spots uh, yeah. toward the tail end of of the series in general, which I know in general is just, it's kind of maligned, right? It's it's yeah. not everyone's favorites, but 
you know, you'll find things to attach yourself to. And again, like I, in, in going back and watching it, I didn't know I was going to love the Walsh stuff as much as I did. Right. Because I, I remember he came back. I just forgot how good he was in this freaking episode. Yeah. But this was a good freaking episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. It's always a pleasure to have you on, Ben. And I was talking to you offline, but we're going to have you back on towards the end of the season. Where I want to plan something fun for the finale. I had a lot of fun for the season six finale. I want to have a lot of fun for the uh, season seven finale with you as well. Where can the listeners, yeah. where can the listeners uh, find you, follow you? Uh, find me at Cruise Control on Twitter. Uh, cruise control on Instagram. That's control with a K. Uh, check out everything we're doing on the ringer NBA show. Uh, and if for the wrestling fans that out there, I host Wednesday worldwide on the ringer wrestling show feed. So go check us out over there. But other than that, man, the, you know, I, I love being on the show. It's, it's Oh, I tell you this every time and I <laughs> genuinely mean it. It's the highlight of my freaking week uh, because I get to talk about one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite show of all time. So, I always appreciate it. It is always a pleasure. And I will do my best not to hit you up too often to, to bring you in for like the emergency parachute. Like, man, I need someone this week. I need someone in two days. Because I don't want to I don't want to take advantage, man. But this this is a lot of fun. I will have a link to the uh, Wednesday show, uh, the wrestling show, in the show notes of today's episode. And we will have you back very soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.